episode number 93, actor, writer, filmmaker, stand-up comedian, Amaru, is in the springs. It's not going to be a problem. It's not going to be a problem. Putting pressure on a brother, you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Well, 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 well. So, 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 so fast forward. What have you done? You got something? And that's all I've been trying to say. I am here. All right, Amaru is in the springs. Welcome, man. Ah, that's glad I'm glad to be. So, uh, what brings you out? Oh, uh, well, we are. Uh, we are. I've been fortunate enough to uh, put together a a film project and uh, assembled assembled the team like Thundercats and uh, oh. <laughs> and uh, it's it's going pretty good, man. Cloud Games Road to the Cornathalon. Nice. Now, when did uh, Cloud Games start to get some traction? When did you come up with the script, and how long have you been working on this project? Uh, so I wrote it probably about three years ago. It was actually another project I was going to do. Oh, you can talk, man. This is so oh. informal. That um, uh, so I I was hired to, to to produce a film in Colorado a few years ago, and uh, I went the I went the route of of because I heard about the cannabis cup, and so I went the went the route of well, you know because Colorado legalizing or it was about to. I think at that point it, it was just the red card thing going on. It wasn't legalized yet. And so. red cards medical. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. And um, so I wrote a comedy, and they didn't want to go that route anymore. And and and, they, and then I have the experience of 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 people hiring me to do productions because of my experience, and then don't do what I tell them to do. And then, and because of my experience, I see that it's going to go wrong, so I exit. Uh, my name's going to be on this. I, I, you know, there's certain things that need to happen in order for this to be some kind of quality. Yeah. And so I put it aside and did some other projects. And during my last project, a uh, uh, thriller called Inside Bend that we did that's going off the film festivals, I kept getting these phone calls about this, this script that I wrote, Cloud Games. And uh, one guy, he didn't even smoke weed. He was like, man, uh, where's that script at, man? Uh, you need to be doing that right now. Like, Colorado is, you hemorrhaging money every day that's not on the market. I don't even smoke weed, you know. And he had called me twice and said that during the, the last production. I was like, hmm. And I had been out to Washington already and saw how their thing was doing, and then Oregon was going to do this. And then I'm like, it's a comedy. The market's already there. I don't have to create the market. I was like, that's perfect. Like, the market's already there. Unlike inside Ben, you had to find the market. It's about uh, agoraphobia and isolate that market and advertise directly. But this market is already here. Right, they'll come to it. You know, they they, they want it legalized. So anything that's weed related that can help the cause, and 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 and, and you know, I think people gravitate towards that and like, yeah, champion. It. So once you had the script done, why did you decide to? produce it yourself as opposed to try to shop the script and just sell that because my life uh i've had multiple movie deals and all kind of things happen via hollywood and independent cases and they all seem to fall apart and and one thing was consistent 
and you know I, I'm, I'm getting older. I ain't you know I ain't, I ain't getting no young. I can't be waiting around. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be waiting around for other people to make these decisions. That I got 18 screenplays. I've written 18 screenplays, four books, three sitcoms, and a couple commercials. I can't be waiting around for people to green light or change their mind. This that, and the third. So I went out and bought the equipment. That was the one key. That was the one common denominator of all the failures. I was waiting on somebody. I was putting teams together without the equipment or the the money or whatever. And uh, we went and invested or got a loan from the bank, got the equipment. So what have been the challenges so far? I know you're... You just did auditions here at Looney's. You've got more tomorrow. You're slated to start shooting in June. June. And so what have been... Well, the things were going so things. smooth that we <laughs> oh, were waiting dude. for the ball to drop. You, you just said that out loud. Yeah. Man. You shouldn't have done that. Well, well I, 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 I'm going to tackle it. I tackle it. Yeah. Things, I was waiting for, we were waiting for the ball drop. Things were going real smooth and and uh, nothing happened. And then I get home and the ball drops. One of the <laughs> gals that was supposed to star in the movie and also executive produce helped with the finance, some of the financing. She dropped out on me because she was going to medical school and they was cracking down on people who were doing marijuana and they didn't want that look or whatever and she was scared and she was going to a major university which I understand right right but that's still and that was the ball that I was waiting to drop and I was kind of okay with it because I was waiting for that to happen something something was going to happen and that was kind of major but with this momentum it's not going to be a problem yeah it's not going to be a problem um you know the budget is not that much we kind of pride ourselves on shooting films you know at a lower cost uh, and showing that it could be done, uh, you know, independent-wise and still look look decent without being overly extravagant. So we shot it for less than, I'm going to say, less than 50 grand. Yeah. But it looks like we shot it for more. Yeah. And uh, so, so we're going to do the same thing with this. So when you're developing scripts, like for Cloud Games, for instance, are you sort of, as you're writing it, are you aware of, I also want to shoot this, so I need to make it, where it can be done realistically, you're not doing Martian, you know. I mean, right, right. You, yeah. you, you try to, you try to, you try without limiting yourself uh, to 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 maintain the creative, without jeopardizing the the scale you want to keep it under. So, 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 for instance, Inside Ben was a product of some other project falling through, and I needed to find something that fit my pocketbook. And and I happened to know of someone who had written a script that fit. It was like two locations and three actors, and that was inside Ben. It was about agoraphobia, so we didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah, you know, and uh, and, and and it was him, his girlfriend, and maybe a couple other people, and that was it. Yeah, you know. But this is a bigger, bigger film, bigger scale. Even though it's a comedy, because it's more actors, more 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 people involved, more dialogue. So. Going back a little bit in your history, in addition to doing writing and filmmaking, you also do stand-up. Mm-hmm. So what came first for you creatively? Writing. Okay. Right. I was an actor, writer, went out to Hollywood to make the dream. Um, um, all, uh, networking got me to where I was at, making, following up on phone calls, and, and one phone call in particular, the rest was history. And um, I was fortunate that <coughs> the, the, the one reason why I continued impressed on through all the disappointments and ups and downs is I got a phone call one day from the executive producer of at the time Moesha I wrote a spec script for it because I knew the show forward and backwards and I submitted it and the executive producer called me 
uh, he was in LA on set and I was in Michigan depressed. I had just moved back from the West Coast from failing, you know, that was the first failure, first set of failures. <laughs> Got wife and kids and they looking at me hot and sweaty, like, what you gonna do, Dave? You know, just putting pressure on a brother, you know. <laughs> you know, babies digging in their nose and sweating and <laughs> farting and looking at me crazy, like, oh, man, y'all need to get a job, too. Put in on this. <laughs> Always at the register, like, they gonna chip in. <laughs> so, so you went from Michigan to L.A., mm-hmm. and, and when you went to L.A. originally, what, what? Well, I went to Mich- I went from Michigan to Arizona. Okay. <clears throat> I went to Michigan to Arizona to set up shop in Arizona because I'd lived there as a child and I liked it. And um, just talked about what I wanted to do and what my ultimate goal was. I, I came out here just, you know, uh, the West Coast to be an actor and a, and, a, and, a, and a writer maybe, but an actor mostly. And, and things just evolved and I ended up in L.A. and started stand up in L.A. Uh, while looking for work as a writer. And I was known as a guy who would, wouldn't sugarcoat stuff, and so that's how I became a stand-up. Because my, my friend took me to go see a comic without telling me that I was there to watch her. He was like, we want to go to a comedy club? I was like, yeah. I had never been to one. I was like, yeah, that'd be dope. So he took me to a comedy club. You'll meet him, Dwayne. <laughs> he took me to a comedy club and watching him. I think Doug Williams was there, a couple other people. And then there was this girl... And I watched him, you know, show's over, we get in the car, and he, before, you know, starts the car, and he sit, we sit there for me, he says, uh, so what you think? I said, oh, that was cool, that was, that was, that was, that was nice. He's like, so what'd you think of the white girl? <laughs> I said, oh, I thought she sucked. But I thought of some stuff that she could do. He said, I know. That's why you got a meeting with her tomorrow, because she looking for a writer. I said, oh, okay. She... She want me to tell her the truth or she want me sugarcoat it? He was looking, he was like, dog, come on now, you know me. So the next day that meeting happened, man, and she came in, Jewish girl. She was like, straight to the point. She was like, so I heard you're a writer. I was like, yeah. She said, so you came to the show last night? I said, yeah. And she, so you saw me, right? I was like, yeah. She said, so what did you think? And I looked at my boy. He was like, <laughs> I, I, I said, I said uh, you want me to sugarcoat it? You want me to tell you the truth? She said, tell me the truth. I said, I thought you sucked. But I thought of some stuff that you could do. And she said, let me hear it. And I told her. And just like a, like a CBS or NBC rep sitting in the audience looking at you, she didn't budge or bust a move or nothing. She's just looking at me like, hmm. She said, I'll be back. She left. Me and my boy was like, mm, what the fuck? She came back in 20 minutes. She was, sat down. She was like, so I fired my writer and I'm hiring you. Pay you 300 bucks a week to write me jokes. And so that was your entry into stand-up? Yeah. Now, when did you decide to grab the mic? The moment she took me to the Oakland Black Comedy Festival, and uh, I would see these guys you see on TV, and out of envy, that's all it was. Envy. Yeah, yeah. I see these guys on stage. I was like, I can do that shit. I can do that. And I hopped on stage that Friday. I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. I killed him. Was there my first show? I killed him. <laughs> yeah. So when you were writing for the the lady in in LA, mm-hmm. and then started doing your own material. Did you still maintain that relationship? No, we had broke up before that. Okay. Well, she, you know, I'm telling on myself. She, we, it was a relationship that could have happened because I ended up divorcing my wife 
but it couldn't happen because I was married and she, you know, she was just enamored with me and she had integrity and she was like, we can't continue this relationship because I, I, I have, you know, she had emotional feelings towards me and, and if I could read the future, I'd have been like, but I'm getting divorced in two years because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, we parted ways, but I did inspire her because she didn't even continue stand up. She started writing scripts. And then she she did a movie with um, the model that died. I can't remember her name. She was doing a lot of drugs. Oh, Anna Nicole. Anna Nicole. She did a movie with her. <laughs> and then she had wrote a script called uh, uh, called uh, uh, end of I can't think of the name of it. Days of Wrath. It stars Lawrence Fishburne and Wilma Valderrama. If it ever comes out, Wilmer's going to win an Oscar because he's playing a gangster in this movie and you never could see Wilmer, the dude from that 70s show, playing a gangster and he pulls it off. I was like, oh, he's going to win an Oscar for that if it ever comes out. She shot it like 10 years ago. What the hell is going on? She's like, you know. But she she taught me a lesson too because she went around Hollywood and got financing herself. The movie was $10 million. She went outside of Hollywood, got it done, and then brought it back. Now she's, last time I talked to her, <clears throat> I did talk to her about six or seven years ago. I just wanted to congratulate her. I hadn't talked to her in a long time, and she's on my resume, and, and I wanted to know what she was doing. And, and she was like, you know why I liked you? She, I was like, no. She's like, because you were like Switzerland, neutral. <laughs> you know, because I would tell her the truth. And she was beautiful and had couple dollars and so everybody was getting at her for the wrong reason you yeah. know i you know i i, I didn't care you sucked and <laughs> i told her i don't want you know that's I didn't the want, basis yeah. of any good relationship right. <laughs> i didn't want anything from her you first know? date you tell her she sucked. yeah you suck and but i thought of some shit because yeah, i'm yeah. looking at you from the outside looking in and well you know that's a good a good thing you brought up with um you know producing a film and then you know, here it is. Not not you, but this this other lady out of L.A. Mm -hmm. And it's ten years later. She's still shopping it, still trying to get it mm -hmm. out. How does this process scratch the itch creatively for you compared to stand up? Because stand up is immediate. immediate. You get on stage, yeah, you're going to know I did or I didn't. Well, 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 well. And even cloud games, for instance, you're you know you've been a, at this in one form or another for three years now. Mm -hmm. So how does that? How do you maintain? No, well, I've been at it. No, I've been at it for twenty years. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, wrote yeah. my first script twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, but even even with filmmaking, uh, it's some immediate gratification within it because just like auditions today, I got to see the characters, uh, the, the, the actors breathe life into the characters. Some things that I didn't even know that was there in the script, I saw today. I'm like, hmm. You know, so some immediate gratification comes in regards to, and then the second wave of immediate gratification comes when you actually principal, principal photography you know, action. The third wave is when you're editing and you get to see all the pieces come together. The fourth is when you add in the music. The fifth is when you're showing it to the cast and crew and they're like, dang, this is a real movie. Yeah. Uh, our last movie, one of the dudes that was in it, after he he did his scene and everything, he was like, man, I know you were shooting a real movie. Like, what did you <laughs> what did you think he was in? Like, <laughs> I, thought like yeah, I thought you was doing a porn or something. Now you know this is a real movie. You said action and everything. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's strange the reaction you get based yeah. on past, you know, actions of other people who said they were shooting quote-unquote movies. Yeah. They're taking the camera around talking about, say something. This is a movie. This is going be twelve dollars because you know you only gonna be able to see that tomorrow <laughs> on Thursday. But it's you know it it's a real movie. You yeah. know it's, it's it's not a Hollywood blockbuster budget, but it's a real movie. We taking some 
pride and consideration in it. And, and I'm going to try to cast the best people as possible. This movie is for comics. This movie is is uh, is long overdue. We need another half-baked. But it's not, just like I was telling you, son, it's not just another weed movie. Right, you right. Know, we, we're we're, we're going to talk about the ins and outs of, of the marijuana industry and the myths and, you know, some of the medicinal purposes and kind of educate people a little bit while being stupid. Yeah. So, you know. So like you were saying, just watching the auditions today where you saw people bring things to a character that you may not have considered, mm -hmm. how protective are you of the script in terms of this I'd is my let that go. I let that go. Uh, Marcus and Jeremy was my first screenplay. Even though I had a movie deal at the time, I had let a, um, this is when I started to learn to let go. And I, I'm glad I learned it early on. Even though I had a movie deal, the, the, the production company put their script aside to do my shit. And even though I had this, I gave it to a producer to just to look at it or whatever. And she must have returned it. Man, it had all kind of red ink on it. I'm like, what is you? I got a movie deal. What is you talking? This is good. You know, who is you? <laughs> you know? And so, as right, how dare you? And so, as, as it got developed, that movie deal fell through or whatever. Uh, an accepted contract. That's what it was. But as I... As it developed through the years, and I'm writing other scripts, and I was giving it to people, other people kind of they didn't say everything the same that she had wrote or marked off, and some of it was just subjective. But a few things they had repeated, you know. So someone says that you look like an orange, and three different people say the same thing. You might want to look at your your orangeness, <laughs> you know. And so, <laughs> so I had to look at it. If I wanted to be true to the game and be a real artist and have some some constructive criticism, I had to look at that. If if I wanted to be the best script that it could be, yeah. And so I started to look at that, and some of the things were valid that she said, and then made my script a hundred percent better, even though I had a movie deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 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 fast forward, the screenplay that I wrote is just a blueprint. These guys are comics just like I am and have a different perspective on some things and especially the funny it's just from my perspective so the funny coming from a, a, a Hispanic guy but I wrote the dialogue if that Hispanic guy comes in and puts his little Hispanic twang on it I'm gonna run with it because it's oh I like that do your thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I let go a long time ago. I let go a long time ago. You're going to be butthurt the whole thing. You know, oh, my goodness. But, but we had an issue with the guy that wrote uh, Inside Ben. I won't go into details, but I could tell what his issue was. It was his first produced screenplay. So he, he it was his baby. Yeah, yeah. And so every little thing, no, I didn't see it that way when I wrote it. Well, we didn't either. We're going to do it like this because we paying for it, you know. Yeah. We'll do it your way, and if it don't work, we're going to do it this way because we got to be able to sell it. And he couldn't understand it. He wanted the whole artistic integrity. That's cool. We're going to do that. But if the shot doesn't work, we're going to do it like this. Yeah. And so I already understood, and the irony was the person that taught me to let go was a friend of his. It was his friend. I'm like you should have been in that meeting with us, man. Cause yeah. So so it says yeah. I let go of that a long time ago. A lesson learned a long time ago because it's a group effort. You you can create it, give birth to it, but it takes a village to yeah. make it come to fruition. So. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting about kind of what you're doing and what you've done is the movie industry from like an outsider's perspective, mm -hmm. like myself, is kind of an us and them. Yeah. I'd love to do that Absolutely. someday. I don't even know how to break in. And you sort of went to the middle and said, you know, I'm not going to break in. I'm going to make 
make this happen. I'm going to make content. And so what advice would you give a young artist, whether it's film or music or stand-up, whatever it might be, to kind of do what you're doing and not wait for an opportunity to, to present itself? <clears throat> Look at here. You can spend $100,000 to go to film school, or you can take that $100,000, break it up four times, and make four movies. Uh, <clears throat> you can wait for somebody to dictate your future, or you can dictate it yourself. If you are enthusiastic, and what you and, and, and consistency is, is, is I had a guy, the same guy that called me about the script. He said, you know what, Amaru, you know what I love about you is if I call you four years or two years or whatever from now, you're always doing something in regards to your family. And he said, I love that. And that's, that's, that's why, you know, it's, it's the passion. It's the passion. People can see it when you're pitching it to them and telling it to them. And then the first thing they say is, well, what have you done? You got something? If you can't show them a track record of that passion you say you have, I, well, personally, I'm walking away. If someone says, yeah, man, I, I do movies too, man. Oh, really? Oh, well, what have you done? Well, what had happened, uh, we haven't gotten <laughs> to the actual filming. Oh, well, you got a script? Let me, let me read the script. Well, well see, what had happened, uh, our had, printer had went out and... Uh, uh, wasn't when I last week or something? No, three years ago, uh, the fire. You know, this all kind of excuses. So I got, I run away from that. Yeah. In the beginning, I didn't know any better. Oh, excitement! Oh, let's do something. And then they would drop the ball because I also found that some people are afraid of success. When you jump into this this boat, just like being a comic, when you quit that job. When you become a wrestler, you can't blame it on the dude not passing you the ball. You know, you either going to go for it or you're going to sit your ass down. Yeah. And, and it's going to make you do one of the two. So so just just go for it. Just go for it. And, 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 and you'll stop. The only reason why I'm pulling this off, we are pulling this off, is because of all the mistakes I made before. That's all it is. Ain't no secret sauce, no secret nothing. It's because I know what not to do. Yeah. That's all it is. I know what not to do. I done, I done did everything that you shouldn't do. <laughs> so so the logical thing is, well, let me try this shit. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and that's all it is, man. I, I know what not to do in 20, 20 years. Nice. That's it. Well, Amaru, man, it was a pleasure. Uh, best of luck with Cloud Games. Where can folks find that online if they want to? A Cloud Games, the movie dot com, and 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 let me say one more thing. Absolutely. I'm the reason. So Louis C.K. is is is, you know, I don't watch much of his stand up. If if any, I may have seen about five minutes of it. But I, I respect and love the guy because he did something that I've been talking about for the last fifteen years, in regards to doing it ourselves. And, and, and changing the game because it's no longer a symbiotic relationship between the creator and the powers that be. Just like in stand-up, used to be a symbiotic relationship between the bookers and the comic. Now it seems like the bookers think they don't even need us. We are just a, 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 a byproduct. Okay, uh, I kind of need you to say something on the microphone and hey, here you go. So what Louis C.K. did is showed us that we don't need them. We can create the stuff ourselves and give it send it directly to the market. Right, and that's all I've been trying to say. And but no one listens to the guy who doesn't have a Mercedes. 
you know, or, or ain't popping bottles. Who are you? You ain't you ain't nobody. That don't mean I don't have the knowledge. Yeah. And so him coming forward and doing what he did and yeah. proving that it could be done, I'm waving the the I'm I'm on the Lewis CK bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. So and so so I'm doing this because all comics ain't gonna be famous. But we still wanna write. We still wanna be in the, the limelight in the business. So why not help a fellow comic create a, a production company that employs you? When someone finally says after 30 years, sit your ass down. We got these young cats coming in, but you can still write. Yeah. You can you may be a be a great actor or or you can a uh, cameraman or something, but you can still be in the entertainment business. There's something to fall back on. Right, right. We can shoot independent low budget movies and and feed them to our industry, our our consumer that we perform for. And, and keep and, and, and you retire. Right. You know? Well, and I think the other thing about the Louis C.K. model is he has complete creative control mm -hmm. as well. You Absolutely. Know, you know, that way there's Absolutely. nobody looking over his shoulder right. going, I don't think Absolutely. you should say that. Yep. Yeah, because I just heard an interview with him talking about uh, Horace and Pete. The uh, the He did a, it was a 10-part series that he shot and funded, and then mm -hmm. he just sells it through his website. Mm -hmm. But it's got like Steve Buscemi yes. in it and Alan yep. Alda. Yep. And now, he had trouble. He was uh, going broke. Absolutely. Because yeah. of uh, something he was... I, the way he was doing it or whatever, but I, I think now he uh, he he revamped it and, and, yeah. and he's making he's gonna. He's but gonna I make do think that back. that concept of just taking control of your own yes. destiny and not yes. waiting for that. Yes, magical touch. I think it, it will bring that symbiotic relationship back. Absolutely, with yeah. the with the bookers and the powers that be, because it's like uh, it's like the the father son relationship. The father the son finally standing up to the father and saying, "No, Dad, you know." I learned it from you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, 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 it'll it'll bring them back to the table. You know, this is what us comics want to start having, and this, that, and the third. And we've proved our worth. Nice. Check out our track record of films we're putting out. This, that, and the third. We can headline some stuff on our own without you, but we want to include you because. We got our start with you, or you helped us out doing this and third and da da da. I think some agencies have lost their way. Yeah, you know, it's like the government gone wild, gone amok, and it's time to rein it back in a little bit. But just like the government, we the people, we the comics have to do it. Yeah, we can't be scared because they're gonna pull a gig from us. You know, you might lose a gig, but if we stand up and together, we can we can win. We can we can we can take some stuff back and 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 make it like it was, like it should be. Nice. You know? Well, Amaru, man, I appreciate your time. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to yeah, yeah. music coordinator Jermaine Blake over here. Nice job. Uh, Lauren uh, Lee is one of the executive oh, man, producers. Don't, don't, sh don't shout out Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's been a uh, great help. And, uh, and we got your son over here. We're going to work him to death. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he's like, really? Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's going to be a great time, man. And uh, I hope some, we can get you involved in it and everything. Uh, we talked about uh, doing the uh, like the like this right here, Skinny old talking guy. about the uh, cloud game yeah, yeah, yeah. coming up and the different people that are in it. So we all right, we cool. gonna do that. We are gonna do that. We gonna put that in there and everything. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, best of luck, my friend. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you very much. So there you have it, the man of many hats, Amaru. My thanks to Amaru for taking time out of his crazy schedule to be on the show. All the best to him and his crew. Uh, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for Cloud Games, making the film festival circuit very soon. Again, production starts right here in the springs in June. 
Thank you to Eric and the great folks at Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening to In the Springs. If you're enjoying the podcast, take a second to post a positive review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast media. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. Springs.